I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Is loyalty costing you dear? We revealed that some British households could save £3,000 a year by switching their mortgage, insurance, energy and phone provider. But is the switching system really fair? We all know house prices are going up and up, but what about the cost of property transactions? Our money mentor, Lindsay Cook, takes us back to the 1970s to find out. And are pensions stuck in a time warp? Politicians argue that young people need more help to save, but our political correspondent, Kate Allen, argues that they can start by making pensions more portable. Welcome to The Money Show, the FT's most popular weekly podcast. I'm Claire Barrett, FT Money Editor, and I'll be giving you the week's money news in downloadable form. Retailers will reward our loyalty if we regularly shop with them. But if you want to get the best deal on a mortgage, a bank account or your household bills, then you need to shop around. Doing so could save some households up to £3,000 a year, but it will cost you time and effort to switch. And of course, you'll need to be an internet whiz to track down the best deals. So is it time for regulators and politicians to switch direction over how best to create competition in the market? I'm joined in the FT studio by Naomi Rovnik, FT Money's digital editor, and our money mentor columnist Lindsay Cook, who have both written about this issue this week. Welcome both. Starting with Naomi, you've been looking into how loyal customers end up being penalised for not switching. Yes, Claire. Regulators have seized on switching as the answer to improving competition, but there really is a growing political backlash against a system which rewards a few motivated customers. The cheaper deals they are able to obtain are in effect paid for by the rump of loyal customers who are penalised for not being willing or able to switch. For example, in energy, the best deals are not available to the loyal. You can save £300 a year as a new customer of many energy suppliers, but in fact, seven out of ten people sit on the standard variable tariff. They don't switch for ages. And you've also found examples of how insurance deals rolling over mean that people are being charged more and more, whereas a simple phone call means they can save hundreds of pounds. Yes, I spoke to one reader who shared her experience. Her insurance premiums for her home contents insurance had been £74 a year. She got a renewal letter saying it was suddenly £112 a year. But when she phoned up customer services, she said, there's normally an option, are you thinking of leaving us? She pressed that and um, she managed to haggle it down to £78 a year. So just by taking a simple action, you can effectively wipe tens or even hundreds of pounds off a bill. But there's evidence that the new Prime Minister, Theresa May, is taking a dim view of how fair the switching economy really is. Do you think she'll intervene in the markets? It's interesting because regulators so far have been very laissez-faire. They they think that if you shine the sunlight 
of information onto consumers. They will immediately switch, vote with their feet, bad products will wither and competition will increase, market functioning will get better. This government seems to be saying, hang on a minute, this clearly isn't working. Perhaps we're not all rational agents who process all information available to us in order to make the best decisions. Being consumer is not a job. And sadly, both of you have found out that it tends to be elderly people who are consistently losing out from the switching system. Now, Lindsay, what could money listeners do to help? Well, one thing they can do is when they switch... You know, and they can say, Mum, my energy bill's down to how much? You know, £60 a month. What are you paying? You shouldn't be paying that much. Just get the prompt, have it as part of the conversations. I know people who their parents are paying way more for household insurance or energy than they are. And they're living in much smaller properties and much lower values. So it's a matter of getting the conversation going and saying, do you want me to help you do it? Yeah, especially with with the online skills. And, you know, for now, despite the political noises uh, to the contrary, we're stuck with switching if we want to save money. But you've come up with a switcher's charter, Lindsay, to help readers prioritise about how to tackle their bills. Well, take them one by one, because if you sit down and you try and move energy, mortgage, insurance for car and home all in one day, you'll go mad. And apart from, <laughs> apart from anything else, they don't help you. With the insurance companies, at the moment, they don't have to give you, the on the renewal notice, they don't give you what it cost you last time. They're going to have to do that from April. And that will help a lot of people to see instantly what the increase is in the premiums. So you need to find out what you paid last time, whether you have to find a credit card bill, whether you wrote it down when you haggled. But you've got to do that work get the information, check that nothing has changed, whether you've, you know, you've not had three points on your driving licence or whatever. Look at the comparison sites, not just one site, because some companies aren't on both. None of them have all of them. And Direct Line isn't on any. And I'm not saying they're better than anybody, but why miss them out? So look at what the market will give you and then go on to your company and say, I've been offered uh, renewal at £327 and your notice is £450. Can you match that? And do they often match? Every four years running, I've managed to get my household insurance down to less than it was the year before, which is not bad. We haven't had any claims, but we're perfectly happy with the company. With car insurance, we've kept that low and I've added the number of miles and we're still low. One of my sons... He tried to do it and they wouldn't do it, but he got a better offer. You don't go on if you haven't got a better offer on somebody else because you can't bluff. He got a better offer on somebody else and he went over to them. And then this year, that same company that he got a better offer on put his price up and he got a new car. He went on the phone to them and said, what can you do? And they came down and were lower than the ones on the website. It takes a bit of time, but... For most young people, they can say, I've earned £50 in an hour. And they don't do that in their daily life. (laughs) Well, that's very true. Thanks very much there to Naomi Rovnick and Lindsay Cook. You can read FT Money's cover feature, Switching and the True Price of Loyalty, from this Friday online at ft.com slash money. And in FT Money as part of your FT Weekend newspaper. Still to come on The Money Show, should pensions be portable? But before that, we all know that house prices have rocketed since the 1970s, but what about the transactional costs of buying a home? Lindsay Cook has travelled back in time in her column this week to find out. So take me back to Sheffield, 1974, when you bought your first property. Well, I bought a 
three-bedroom, semi-detached home with an integral garage for £7,700. Now, I had been saving every week since I'd started work some three years earlier in the local Halifax, which was next door to my office. And I put money in every week. And before I started this new job in Sheffield, I um, went to a party and everybody else was in bedsits, studio flats as they call them now, <laughs> and they were really rough. They were awful and they were paying a lot of rent because it was university city and landlords charged what they wanted to. I did a bit of searching and found it would be cheaper for me to buy a house and one of the reasons for that was because in those days you got something called mortgage interest relief. And at that time, basic rate tax was 30%. If I'd been a higher rate taxpayer, I could have probably got 60 or 83% off my mortgage. But I wasn't. And that made a difference. Inflation made a difference. And paid no stamp duty. No. I just had a mortgage valuation which cost me a few pounds. And the building society manager, within a few minutes, said I could have a loan because I was single and therefore wouldn't be having a baby very soon. <laughs> well, how times change. When you sold that property a few years later, you were able to sell it quite cheaply as well because you didn't use an estate agent, as you detail, in your column. But what really strikes you is if somebody was to buy that property today, the level of all of those costs that they would face would be so much higher. They would. Stamp duty... I checked through land registry and Zuplar and that house would be now 172,000. Last time it sold it was 143,000. Now to buy that house you'd probably need the average deposit 34,000 plus a salary of about 39,000. Well I was earning nothing. I was lowly paid. Even uh, with the effect of inflation you would it, need to earn a lot more today. So, you'd need to earn a lot yeah. more. Stamp duty would be about 940. Just so many other charges. I mean, even the um, energy performance certificate didn't exist then. That's another £60. Cost um, of moving is also Cost of moving. Up. That's around about £1,000 with um, removal firms. If I used a small ad in a local paper, the local paper I was working for, and it cost me just a few pounds. Nowadays, you would expect to spend thousands on selling a property through an estate agent. Even with the growth of online sales that probably start at a basic of £495. And if you've got a market where things are selling very quickly, why shouldn't you use those services? It's only when the market's difficult that an estate agent is really of value to you. And finally, what do you think the Chancellor could do in the forthcoming autumn statement to help first-time buyers who are trying to get on the ladder? Well, I like the system that works with shared ownership houses. If you buy a quarter of a new build in London or somewhere and you and it's under 125,000 that quarter so it can be quite an expensive house you don't pay stamp duty up front you don't pay stamp duty until you have got 80% of the house that's yours so most people pay the stamp duty when they staircase up to the top sell the property and move on. It doesn't stop the Chancellor getting the stamp duty, but it's not at a time when people are under great pressure. It's at a time when they are selling and they have cash and they have to allocate it. And I think we could have a system which is, we're, we're all staircasing. The building society or the bank owns 
80, 75% of your property, you don't own it all when you buy it as a young person. So if you own less than £125,000 worth of a property, then maybe stamp duty shouldn't be paid. I think that would be wonderful in the autumn statement. Well, we await to see if that indeed will be the case. Thanks very much. That was, of course, our money mentor, Lindsay Cook. You can read her column now, Revised Stamp Duty Rates for First-Time Buyers, on ft.com slash money. Britain has a 21st century jobs market, but a personal finance market that is stuck in the 20th century. This is the view of my colleague Kate Allen, the FT's political correspondent, who's written a guest column for FT Money this weekend about how pensions and mortgages are old-fashioned by millennial standards. Kate, welcome to The Money Show. Thank you very much. Firstly, explain what you think the design flaws are in the current system for young people. The way the jobs market works for young people at the moment is that by the time you reach 30 or 35, you've probably worked in quite a few places. You may have had some time freelancing, working as a contractor or in a zero-hours contract, some other form of insecure employment. Most of those jobs either won't offer you a pension or the scope for savings, or if they do, you'll have moved around so much that you won't really have had a chance to build up much money in any of the individual company pensions that you will have had access to. have lots of little pots. Exactly. If you're lucky, you'll have lots of little pots and you'll probably be renting from a landlord and effectively paying off their mortgage rather than having a mortgage of your own because also young people these days are increasingly geographically mobile you've probably worked in various physical locations and so it's not really been convenient for you to settle down and buy a property in any of those places yet. So how do you think the new Chancellor Philip Hammond should tackle these problems? in the autumn statement. My big idea for the Chancellor and his Treasury wonks is that (laughs) I would like them to see them developing what's products which offer portability so you can take them with you when you move jobs when you move area both in the home ownership world and also in pensions world maybe these can be for pensions for example they can be a product that your employer could contribute to in the same way that you do with a current occupational pension but it would be independent of the employer and therefore effectively it's neutral when you move jobs or when you move around when you go self-employed or start contracting or shift to a zero hours contract or for women when you take time off to have children and then perhaps you do some training or retrain to move into another industry later on. Well certainly with the lifetime ISA, this big idea that's coming out in April, that is something that's directly compatible with that. But on the housing side, how would you make the idea of renting or owning more portable? You're right, that it's quite easy to see how the pension side would work. With housing it's more difficult but I think it's possible. There is a product at the moment called shared ownership where you effectively you rent part of a property and you own part of it and you gradually increase the amount that you own over time by paying more in and that reduces the amount you rent. Now, we have an increasing number of large professional landlords, such as housing associations, who offer this shared ownership product. And the government are simplifying it. It has previously been quite complicated to access, only available to limited numbers of people and so forth. The government is simplifying it. And I think that there is a scope, particularly when you part own, part rent with a large landlord, to be portable within, say, that landlord's stock so that you can scale up when you have a family and you need more space. You can scale down when you need to downsize. And the share of property that you own kind of changes in accordance. But it's all on the books of one organisation. Well, certainly very sensible, and I'm sure lots of younger listeners would welcome such a system. But playing devil's advocate, should we just accept that many young people nowadays will just never own their own home? I think 
that would be the easy option for policymakers. We could just look at the current challenges in both pensions and home ownership and think this is too difficult, let's give up and go home. I think that's too pessimistic. What I would like to see from policymakers is a lot more ambition of intellect and a lot more blue sky thinking about our financial products. If we address it now, it's not too late. We can solve the problem for this new generation of people, but that does mean doing something radical and not giving up on the savings abilities and scope for this new generation of workers. Well, Generation Rent, we'd love to hear your views on millennials, housing woes and pension savings difficulties, or the switching economy, or money matters more generally. You can email us at money at ft.com, or tweet us at ftmoney, or comment on our articles, including Kate Allen's excellent column, online at ft.com slash money. The Money Show will be back next Thursday at the usual time. Goodbye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you might like to try our FT News podcasts, which focus on one of the main issues of the day and bring you the insights and expertise of our global network of journalists, as well as outside contributors. You can download these at ft.com slash podcasts most days of the week. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.